0: This is, this is a ball that surprised me in a good way. As I'm analyzing the data, it shows up a lot. You know, it, it pops up, you know, there are a lot of reasons why you might recommend this ball. And I can't, <laughs> it's not a ball I would recommend over anything else necessarily.
1: Here we are, no puts given. How are you living everybody? We're, it's ball test time, Tony. All things Ball Test on this episode. We have one topic for this entire episode. And it's the Ball Test. test. You're kind of exhaling, but it's more of like a middle of the (laughs) road exhale. It's it's a
0: brief exhale, and then we'll be right back at it with more Ball Test.
1: Waiting to exhale. Great movie, right? Uh, Back in the day, Tony, here's a quick question for you. I wanted to... Did a little stat tracking. The original featheries, right? These uh, golf balls, leather pouches stuffed with feathers, roughly the equivalent of a top hat's worth of feathers. Do you know how much they cost in in terms of today's dollars? So when you went back, like if you were to buy a feathery golf ball at that time, adjusted for inflation roughly loosely, how much they would cost today? I'm gonna go with eight dollars and forty-nine cents. It's not bad. Well over ten dollars per ball. Per ball. So three, four dollars per ball. I mean, not only have we come a long ways in terms of performance manufacturing, golf balls historically pretty cheap. So I don't know, just in case people want to complain about pricing, which they will and so you know, but I just thought it'd be interesting. So yeah. I don't set 20. the prices, so I'm not the guy no. I complain to. No, but like we said, guys, this episode is all things ball test—an test. exhaustive process that we do right now every other year to quantify. It's like one every other year, too many. <laughs> so much to work. This one quantify golf ball performance, and we'll get to how you can maybe select a ball that you need that performs better for you what is good performance is there such a thing as a bad performing golf ball or is it just different we're gonna to get to all that stuff but this episode all things ball performance so <clears throat> sorry Victor Hovland great job 18 million dollars appreciate you hope you had a nice weekend but we're talking golf balls today so I'm mean, start... how about
0: how about I get the 18 million and Victor can come talk about golf balls. I'd like I, to make
1: that trade, right? Right. No doubt. We'll right so just floating it, just floating the idea. We're gonna start at the top, work our way down, deductive, general to specific. There we go. Just what did we, we do should just play? read it? Do you want to just read it? <laughs> Story kind read Tony.
0: it word for word and point out specific parts which people are very clearly not reading. Um, we could have got frame anyway, Freeman. Yeah. Maybe
1: we could do like a book. Yeah, that the would be, but that'd be something. What did we test? Where did we test? How many shots? Let's talk about the methodology. So just set that up briefly. What did we actually do? Yeah, so we tested golf balls.
0: How many? Uh, yeah, we tested 46 models. Um, so kind of uh, take a, a brief interlude to tell you, because if you look at, like, most of the balls in the test make sense, right? You, you can kind of understand why we chose it. So sure. You know, obviously we've got all of the stuff from from the biggest manufacturer. So it makes sense okay. to have that. And we've got the leading DTC DTC stuff, you know. We got snells and max flies and vices, vices and that, and that, kind that stuff. Of Encore. Yep. Got that stuff. We've got like uh, Innisys which we've had in the previous two tests. Mm-hmm. Mizuno, smaller OEM been in our previous test. Wilson, smaller OEM being in our previous test. So Clearpan or Seed. We have Seed for the first time. Those two balls were voted on by our readers. Yep. We have all those, and then we have Not Your
1: Ball. Not your ball.
0: So, fun not fact, the ball. reason <laughs> how, did uh, that how Not Your Ball got into this test that and makes... why, if you look in how we tested, it's one of the we note that it was one of a few balls that we did not purchase at retail. let see what had happened was. See what had
1: happened. We had was... this big
0: plan for 50 golf balls. Yep. And then we added the calibration ball to each of our groups. Yep. And in in doing that, yada yada yada, I miscounted. And so at the end of the day, like literally 2 days before we're leaving for Arizona, I came to realize that we had allocated room to, to test 50 balls or five groups of 10 including control ball. And I only had 49 balls and the not your ball guys had reached out about being in the test. We knew they wanted to be in and I looked around my office and I had three dozen, not your balls. So I was like, (laughs) there you go. They're in, you're in. So that's, that's how not your ball came to be in the test. Uh, so how many sure shots? We're, we were anywhere.
1: we were out in Phoenix, two different locations. It was hot, yeah, appreciably warm. Where were we? We were at what Scottsdale National. We were Scottsdale there.
0: National Golf Club, cool clubs out in Fountain Hills at uh, Sunridge Golf Course. So yeah, two locations, two robots. Yep. Two my golf spy test teams, if you will. So you, you know, yep. you and uh, Rob at Scottsdale, Connor yep. and Philip locked away at uh, in Fountain Hills, and then uh, video team and myself moving back and forth to for them to keep contact, capture content, me to make sure everything was on track,
1: mm-hmm. running
0: smooth to the extent possible. And yeah, that was <laughs> uh, that was kind of the deal. Yes,
1: yeah, so we had robots. This is all robot testing. Engineers etc. So again, we wanted to isolate golf ball performance, just see literally what happens to the golf ball. How does a golf ball perform uh, at certain conditions? And we're going to kind of go into those based on high swing speed, low swing speed, middle, kind of middle of the road swing speeds, what those were, what we tested, and just kind of a brief recap of some of the results. But before we get too specific, what are just some of our big findings? like kind of the major takeaways if you are key with... findings oh key... well sure <laughs> sure uh, major findings key findings. Yeah, i mean this this Big one findings. maybe
0: isn't new we've we've worded it different ways but i i keep coming back to this idea that high compression golf balls can work for nearly everyone and then it's kind of runs in like we we get the question all the time it's the one that that probably just makes me want to bang my head into my desk more than anything else and that's sure you know what's the I swing, pick a number, right? Eighty-three I miles swing, an hour. I swing eighty-three miles an hour. What's the right compression for my swing? And I'm like, no, there isn't one. When we talk about finding the right golf ball, the key things are spin and then flight. Which I know golfers more commonly hear it as launch angle, but right with trajectory. the golf ball, the flights, yeah, it's you really got to talk in terms of full trajectory, and it's. I will say kind of quick tip if you, you want to, I wouldn't say fun, but if you're curious, kind of <laughs> either try and plot this out roughly, or you can try and visualize it in your head, but you kind of have these balls that I would say launch high, fly high, and and come down shallow. And then you have these others that are relatively low launch, climb mm-hmm. really high, and then kind of, you know, not straight down, but steeper descent mm-hmm. angles. So it's it's kind of under understanding like all of the, the bits and pieces of trajectory. But anyway, yeah. So, so high, compression. high compression. So high compression. Um, yeah. Basically. I
1: mean, what we look there, at
0: is unless unless you need low spin. At all right, costs. Unless you, right. Unless like, you need a low spinning golf ball, low compression may not be for you because they are invariably low spin. I mean, at best. At best, we can kind of get into the low mid-speed range, and that—that's right. our truly soft models. You know, we kind of classified here as mid seventies, the mm-hmm. the the soft golf balls that we thought performed really well, and and again, using soft more broadly, stuff like right. the Bridgestone Tour BXS, sure the. Um, the MaxFly Tour S, which is just one of those ones where it seemed like every list of top performers or any every top We're 10 looked get to at that one that one showed was, uh... up a lot. And that's mm-hmm. another one where compression is low 80s. So it's it's soft by, if your comparison is Tour to a Pro standards. V1X, Chrome yeah. Soft X, it's soft by that standard, but it, it's not a super soft. And that's really, if you need any kind of spin in your game, that's about as soft as I would recommend going. Okay. Uh, and we, so, we talked about this before, the yeah. most fit golf ball when Titleist does ball fittings. Yeah. I don't know if it's still the, the case with the new lineup being out now or since the beginning of the year, but Pro V1X was the ball they fit most often across mm-hmm. all ranges of golfers because it tends to be higher launching, higher yep. flying, which yep. a lot of golfers need, and higher yep. spinning, which we know a lot of golfers need. When we look at our iron test, for example, we see balls that fly too low and don't spin enough through every test as long as iron lofts have gotten stronger. And you find out like the solution to that problem, or at least a way to mitigate it is with a higher compression ball, which is going to spin more. And typically maybe not fly as high as the, the softest offerings or, or soft offerings, but that mm-hmm. that spin is typically going to work
1: to your benefit. So you probably need some more compression in your game. Some balls, year over year over year, are tweaks on a formula, right? Pro V1 has stayed pretty similar, minus the fact when they flip-flopped Pro V1 and Pro V1X and confused the Living Daylights out of everybody. Uh, Still confuses the Living Daylights out of so many people. But more often than not, some of those balls we see, okay, incremental changes over time. Not always the case, like... Mizuno, for example, yeah, this year's I, version RB2 or X and RB2, like, whoop, vast. Like you shouldn't even almost associate them with the previous generation. Like they almost should have called them something, you know, I- entirely different, like, uh, like you know, thick muscle design or something. <laughs> <It's> like, some, <laughs> some. Yeah,
0: should have let Facebook translate this. If we yes. go back to the prior generation RB tour, and we'll touch on this with the idea of there's no such thing as a bad golf ball. But they were really niche, like they were right. low flying, high spinning golf balls, and I mean it's, when you're talking percentage of the market. It's not a ball that's going to fit a lot of people, right? And what we saw is flight come up appreciably, spin come down, um, and certainly with the RB the RB Torx in particular, that was that was interesting to me because I I played it a little bit. It was sort of, I was kind of using it as my uh, my provisional for a while. And I was like, wow, you know, I really like the flight of this ball. It's high. It, it spins, but not too much. Only so Tony has really, a
1: regular ball and a provisional like, ball. It's a great opportunity to
0: test out <laughs> new products. Like, uh, provisional for mess.
1: a lost ball. Well, That one has the uh, title. Yeah, yeah, that was the titleist. This one's uh Mizuno. All right. Yeah, we're
0: going to try something new. <laughs> Last one didn't work. I mean, why not switch it up? Hey, it's a good time. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I was really kind of intrigued by what I saw on the course and then to get it out on the robot and see kind of that same thing where it's, you know, I would say it's among the highest flying. You know, as You start to, to look at things mm-hmm. from a, a more statistically inclined angle among the highest flying. I would say, you know, throw in TP5 and sure. Z-Star Diamond in there on um, the mm-hmm. um, driver. Um, and yeah, it just, it's, it, it's a ball that it's just really intriguing. And I think one that could easily get overlooked, but has some, some flight and spin properties that could work for a lot of guys.
1: Yeah. Like I said, showed up a lot more often in, in some of our recommendations than, than I thought. Conversely, 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 than
0: the lack of evolution, you talk about Titleist, they're not going to do too much. I talked about dropping a little spin from the driver in the X, but that ball right. is kind of where they want it to be. And so it's, it's improve it, but don't change it kind of a situation. Yeah. And and the one for me that was, I don't want to say a, a disappointing ball because it's $18 a dozen. And at that price, you almost get to be disappointed or you would expect to be, but the, the new Kirkland, I just didn't see anything in there that suggests it's, it's evolved much at all. Like the spin, it's still really high spinning. I would still describe it as a niche ball. It's not, there's nothing about it other than the spin. It's not particularly fast. It's not particularly long. And it's, Mm-mm. you know, the the selling point is it's it's an $18 ball that that's still $18, I guess.
1: Yeah. We talked a little bit about total performance in our findings and, and more so that we kind of tested that way too with driver, multiple swing speeds, iron, multiple swing speeds, we're gonna have some wet wedge versus dry wedge or wet dry stuff it's going to coming be out. Super fascinating. Which yeah. is super fascinating. And kind of for uh, one of the tweaks this time that I was really interested to pay attention to was kind of this approximating idea of green side spinner control. And we hadn't really we hadn't done it this way before, and, and I want to kind of point that out in key findings is hey, that 30, 40, 50 yard pitch shot from around the green is one that players end up with all the time and we kind of uh, this time saw some things that were noteworthy yeah this one was interesting because we've we've
0: tried this spin test this wedge spin in the past in the first year we we did a full pitching wedge and what we came to realize is guess what like the spin profile off a full pitching wedge is pretty close to the spin profile off a short iron like if, if it's yeah. whatever mm-hmm. you see on a seven or an eight iron you're you're gonna more or less see on a wedge so we're like oh yeah. that didn't do it and then last year i think we we got down to i want to say we 55 might have even been, been 80 85 somewhere in there I, I i can't remember and it's still it, it was, wasn't
1: 35 which is what we no did we, we
0: still didn't get that spin separation and we you know I, I can't say we know it's there but we've been told it's there and so you know, in talking to ball manufacturers, I asked the question, "You say greenside, what are we really talking about? Define greenside, give me a number. And the range was typically anything from 15 to 50 yards. And, you know, with testing with robots, it's a little, it gets a little dicey with, with lower speed. And so we wanted to get the shortest shot where we felt we could get reliable data and see separation. And not necessarily, you're not looking at, to blow everything wide open because you know in the middle there's going to be a lot of similarity. You're going to expect the majority of balls in the test to be separated by a few hundred RPMs allowing for tolerances within launch monitor readings and things like that, you're really talking about 100 RPMs or less difference. And so you know, we, we kind of were, were hoping to see something more on the extremes and, and we found that. And so that yeah. was that was really cool to kind of finally get some separation and see, you know, mm-hmm. things like a, a Bridgestone Tor BXS, which we know is supposed to spin a lot around the green actually show near the top of the list this time and things like that so it's, right, have it's just trying too. to get a little little bit better on that on a wedge shot knowing also that doing the wet dry stuff we were going to pick up some full swing data on wedges along the way anyway mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Big win yeah for us. and I'm once
1: again dtc it. or house brands we you know again these are ones that direct to consumer so not necessarily part of a larger company mm-hmm. your snells vice Maxfly is as a house brand of Dick Sporting Goods. You're not gonna buy Maxfly at a retail location. Caught a lot of uh momentum, I guess, in the DTC world really in the last four or five years. And 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 once again, we saw a lot of really, really intriguing and, and really good performance from these brands.
0: Yeah, I mean Maxfly continues to impress. I think. You know, the way we did it this year, we kind of limited our top picks to three. And as I mentioned in the text, I, I could have gone three to four models deep every time. And I, I what I really mm-hmm. tried to to put myself in a mindset of, hey, if if a buddy came to me, somebody I play golf with and I of sure. know a little bit about his swing, I've watched him play, and he says, Hey, what would you recommend for me? Like I wanted to to kind of stick to the the first three I would go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, certainly, Max Fly continued to impress. Vice continues like those. The Vice stuff, by and large, has has tested well for us on the robot, and we know it's good stuff. C02, mm-hmm. um, we'll talk about a little more. Even though the O1 01 is one of those that you know, as we've talked about, right? It was a ball in the test. That is to say, like it didn't stand out in any particular <laughs> way, and that that's not a bad thing because. Like you stand out because you're in the top ten here or there and on our charts, or because during testing something really weird and weird being a euphemism for bad, bad. happened. And so, bad. you know, pretty Ceto one, a ball in the test, CETO two, kind of a niche one that's super interesting, kind of not quite where the old Mizuno balls were, but that kind of thing where yeah, if you're looking for something that's really kind of a, a flatter trajectory, okay. Uh PXG. That one surprised me, uh, for sure, because knowing like it it had shares some of its DNA, but not all of its DNA with the Kirkland. Right. and it's it's definitely on the higher spinning side, mm-hmm. but there's enough differentiation between the fact that it spins a little bit less and it's appreciably faster because of the higher compression. I'm like, yeah, this is this is a ball that surprised me in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, the other one on this list, the LA golf ball, which Logo. Again, is, is one that, as I'm analyzing the data, it shows up a lot. You know, it, it pops up. You know, there are a lot of reasons why you might recommend this ball. The challenge here is it's $70, and right. I can't <laughs> – it's not a ball I would recommend over anything else necessarily. Like, you know, I could – we could mm-hmm. probably put in a specific set of parameters where this – I would say, hey, this is the best ball for you because you do these six things. Sure. Sure. But at seventy dollars, like it, it performed well, but I, I, not well enough to justify the price tag. It's not, it's not like a magic ball, right? It wasn't longer than everything else. It didn't right. have a amazing spin slope where it, you know, basically was super low spin. Does off something the that for no other ball can claim that it does, yeah. or whatever.
1: You're like, oh my gosh, yeah. no, if, if you need this, guess
0: what? It's a golf ball, and that's right. you know, right for what it is. So
1: now, as much as people want, you know, and and we do, we rank and we recommend balls, you're fond of saying to a degree, there's no such thing as a bad ball. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Let's taking
0: the ball lab stuff we do off the table where we go, yeah, these,
1: (laughs) these are pretty bad balls because the
0: manufacturing consistency isn't as good as someone else, for example, or the market average or whatever it happens to be. But in terms of performance, I like to say there's no bad balls. It's just simply that some balls fit way more people than others. And so, you know, we talked about the previous generation Mizuno, going back to our original ball test, the the Volvix we tested were kind of in that same type of category where they have non-atypical launch and spin, like something like, hey, it it flies super low but spins a lot. And ultimately, even, even the Kirkland, right, which I would describe as an excessively spinny golf ball, there is somebody out there who needs that profile.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that that's the idea of there not being a bad ball from a performance spe- perspective. You just have balls that fit way more people than others. And yeah, maybe right. some of these balls only fit like five people. But right. you know, for those, if you're one of those five guys, you're not going to do better.
1: Yeah. So and, and first time I thought about that, I'm like, well, oh, I mean, I get it, but... Yeah, I mean, you really have to think about it like, is a size 18 shoe a bad shoe? No, it's not just a bad shoot. shoe. It's just only going to fit, you know, 0.02% of the population. That's why they carry a lot of nine tens and 11s or whatever the case is. And so when we look at recommendations for golf balls, we're saying, hey, because you're probably a nine ten or 11 shoe size, you're, you know, In general, most often, if these are the characteristics you need out of a golf ball, here's what we're going to recommend. Oh, and by the way, most golfers will need or be best suited by these type of performance characteristics. But that doesn't mean there's somebody that doesn't need a size 18 shoe or, you know, or or a size, you know, one or or whatever the case is. It's just, by and large, it's not going to be, it's probably not you because it just probably isn't, but you know, so be yeah, I mean, it. however,
0: they all fit people... on a, I mean, it all plots out on a fitting bell curve. And most of this stuff is in that fat part because, um, you know, golf companies want to sell golf balls. And so by and large, you does that. You try and design a ball. That's going to fit a lot of golfers because there's not a lot of money in a ball that doesn't.
1: Right. You're right. And so that, I mean, that that's a fair point too. If you know, you have a company that says, hey, this ball we think is going to fit 1% of the population. You might say, hey, that's that's kind of a miss if you're trying to make a golf ball that fits a much larger percentage of the population. Something went wrong there. Your ball isn't necessarily bad. It just isn't going to sell very well. <laughs> if that was your goal, to sell a lot of golf balls, this one, you it's, know. It,
0: it's probably bad for you, but right. for golfers, <laughs> there's somebody you're, you can help there.
1: Right, right. We already talked about kind of trajectory and launch angle, but really to think about this idea of speed and trajectory together. You have the need, Tony, the need for speed. Yeah, this is this
0: is one where the boss really wanted to simplify the H2, and I, I can't even remember what it was, but, you know, the need for speed is catchy. Uh, it's familiar. Uh, yeah, it is. I don't even remember. Like, mine was really long, but, but the point in all of it was in, in kind of, Diving through the data is that, for the most part, again allowing for some niche opportunities or mm-hmm. necessities, if you will. Yeah, you can find a ball that provides the flight that you need, the spin properties you need, without sacrificing ball speed. There and you so go. So as I was kind of working through it and making my my top picks throughout the, the throughout the text. One of the things that was kind of the tiebreaker for me is, all right, which is, you know, is one of these appreciably faster than the other? And I, you know, there may be some exceptions, but I tried to avoid recommending a ball that produced below average ball speed in any scenario. If Mm -hmm. I could find a, a, a ball that, you know, was matched the other launch parameters or was, was, you know, in, in a reasonable ballpark thereof. How's that? Uh
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's it. That was the part that jumped out to me is yes, there's going to be anomalies and people, you know, three standard deviations plus away from mean. but in general, you don't need to sacrifice speed, which is directly tied to compression for the other performance characteristics that you need. So there's no reason for the vast majority of people to say, Hey, I, need a slower golf ball i need a lower compression golf ball because i need it to do this this and this as well not the case you're going to find a ball that does this this and this just as well if not better and doesn't make you pay a speed penalty for it to me that i think that's a big aha
0: and there there are always going to be exceptions right we've talked about the the uber high spin guy high speed really high spin guy off the driver where you have to kind of throw everything out of the window, out the right. window, knowing that, yeah, the low compression, you're going to lo- get a, lose a little bit of speed or a lot of speed that way, but right. you're going to get a lot back because of the lower spin. You're going to hit it straighter. I mean, there are, there are reasons why right. you would go in that direction, but in terms of just like yep. know, trying to optimize those windows and things like that, you, you shouldn't need
1: to, to, yeah. to
0: give up too much in the way of speed.
1: All right, we're going to spend five, six, seven minutes here on each of our categories, kind of give a a brief overview of kind of what we went through. Like I said, we broke it down by swing speed. And we have high, middle, and low. And in general, if you're somebody in between those, these do function pretty linearly, meaning, you know, if you're right in between high and mid, you can just kind of connect those two dots and assume that you're going to be pretty close but what we did there's a little wiggle but yeah there's a little wiggle but you know more or less and what we did is we we configured the robots right to produce launch conditions most suited to and most indicative of that particular player so high swing speed 150 mile driver swing speed we had the robot hit it as someone with 115 miles an hour swing speed would typically hit it so in terms of launch and spin and these things it wasn't like hey we're gonna launch it at 18 degrees with 1500 rpm and just just to see see what happens right just to see how far we can go no yeah we we worked
0: on these numbers with you know we bounced this off we probably half a dozen ball makers that we sent our our proposed parameters to and solicited Mm -hmm. their feedback and where where this came from by and large is we went back. Right? We're always trying to get better. And we looked at looked at last the, the test we did two years ago and I'm like, all right, how could we improve this? And kind of the, the two very obvious things were we need iron shots to spin more right. and we need our high speed driver to launch lower and spin less to, right. to more closely represent what golfers in those demographics do. So yep, you know, we we developed new targets and we, we did our best. With the working with our engineering partners to uh, to hit those targets in the robot configuration, you know certainly we we got really close. Or you know, um, I'm happy is what I would say for sure. So
1: yeah, without a doubt. So high swing speed. Let's just talk talk through some of the results, or people can obviously click through all the metrics, and and we'll point out some of the charts and things that uh, you can literally spend years playing with, comparing, contrasting sliders all sorts of fun things but what did we see tony so it's 115 miles an hour driver swing speed
0: yeah and a lot of it's kind of and so with the recommendations what we what we kind of started at the first break off was let's classify by spin so we make Mm -hmm. recommendations for low spin mid spin and high spin and then from there i mentioned it in the text but we don't higher up in the text but in each section we don't explicitly call it out But the objective was among the three to pick one that was on the lower flying side, one that was mid flying and one that was higher flying, understanding that because driver performance doesn't always perfectly align with iron performance. For example, a ball that flies really high off a driver may only fly kind of in a middle trajectory window for an iron. So not perfect buckets, but that was the idea is like, Hey, if I need, if I need a low spin, uh, low flying golf ball. The first one on this list is right for me. Whereas, if I need a high flying, high spinning golf ball, then you know maybe it's the first one next to, on the on the last list, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. anyway, so spin, on flag. that there low spin, we, we
1: had Maxfly 2 S Pro V One X, Left Dash, and Titleist AVX were the recommendations for high swing speed players that need low spin. So this would be like, hey, we are. You know, you're constantly battling, I don't know, maybe pushing 3,000 or something. You are losing distance significantly because of spin. Let's get you there. Um, you know, let's, let's do it. You, if you're kind of in that middle-of-the-road spin, where it's like, yeah, I don't want anything to spin more, but I don't need to drop 6, 7, 800 RPM. Here we go. Mizuno, RB2 or X, pops up. Like in the I said, spin.
0: that ball just, like just one of those ones that <clears throat> popped a lot. And at least I would expect the the Pro V1 and the Pro V1X to show up a lot. I know where Left Dash is going to show up. I know Chrome Soft X. Like, we know what that ball is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. But, yeah, the, yeah to kind of see like a Mizuno and uh, also on this list, the Shrixon Z-Star Diamond kind of unknowns. We hadn't never tested a Diamond, I don't believe. And only the previous no. generation of... Of Mizuno, and so to kind of see these stand out as as fast, as high flying, uh, you know, Strix on higher spinning, but again, mm-hmm. that's that's why it's on the high spin list. But well, right, right, it's it's one of those. It's I don't, I don't want to say it's a one for one with Chrome Soft X, but it's it's no. reminiscent of CSX in that it is a higher spinning golf ball that mm-hmm. doesn't suffer distance off the driver for it. Yeah, uh, I think- know, keep in mind you know, kind of a, a fitting consideration. I was actually texting one of the guys at Callaway about this earlier. Like I love Chrome soft X on the, dr- off the driver on days when I'm moving it right to left. If oh. I'm moving it a little left to right, if I'm hitting a fade that day, the spin will get me. So uh-huh. it's, it's one of those kind of conscious things to, to kind of think about. Like, oh yeah, if, if I'm, if I'm not kind of floating it a little bit, it's great. But if I'm doing anything that puts a little bit of spin on it, it crosses a threshold for me. So that's, I mean, that's kind of a fitting consideration as well. But
1: yeah, yeah. anyway, there's a list. Yeah. For, for Yeah, me. the other thing that just two things really quickly jumped out to me is um, of the nine recommended balls for our Titleist, I thought that was interesting. And my guess, I have zero data to back this up, so you can tell me I'm, I'm 100% wrong. But my hunch would be is if we took – a hundred people at this swing speed, more than half of them would probably need low or mid spin. Yeah. More often than not, your higher swing speed players aren't looking to necessarily add spin unless it's like said for a very, very specific reason. So again, just pointing this out that if that were to be true, you see again, you know, you have four titleist balls. There three of which are played a lot by a lot of golfers and a lot of really, really good golfers who tend to have higher swing speed. So just interesting to see that data kind of, uh, kind of line up, but
0: yeah. And, it, and again, we talked about like, there's a, there's a breaking point where you, I just feel like you can't go too soft unless you really have a sure. a spin problem. And even yep, these are, so the max fly tour S and the, the AVX both, 80 ish compression. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really as soft as I, I think you can go here. And again, it's, you really need to, to have the low spin and, and the lower flight in, in some cases where you know, mm-hmm. left dash, I wouldn't, again, market as a whole, right. For titles, sure. will tell you it's a high flying golf ball. you line it up with everything we tested and it's yep. more towards the middle, but right. yeah, I mean, that's, but within that's their the lineup, one that yeah. it's, you know, if, you, if you come to me and say, I just want to hit it far off the driver, where do I go? Yeah, it's left dash, it's Chrome Soft X, it's maybe Pro V1X. It's you know, you're going to need compression,
1: yeah, exactly. And that's backed up by our longest golf balls that in order of one, two, three, four, five. And again, we're talking you know a total difference of you know a handful of yards, so four, five, six steps total. It goes Pro V1X left dash, then Pro V1X, Mizuno RB Tour X, which, like you said a welcome surprise vice pro plus Strixon on Z star diamond. So that's kind of one of the first higher spinning balls that we saw with a lot of really good distance, but followed right up by Callaway Chrome soft X. So by no means are we saying that these higher spinning balls within that category are like going to be, you know, significantly shorter. They're not, no, no like absolutely. So they're not.
0: They're kind of those, those spinnier balls that, that hold up. And so, yeah, I was, mm-hmm. uh, The Z star diamond, as I'm crunching the data, that's one too. I'm like, all right, this one, this one impresses me.
1: Yeah. And we saw it again on just moving to the iron part really quickly on the high swing speed situation as well. Again, this is goes back to that total performance part. It isn't just like, oh my gosh, how fast is this golf ball off an eight iron? How far does it go? Right. It's about matching up the launch that you need, the trajectory that you need, the spin profile that you need but it isn't again that a higher spinning ball isn't long because z diamond was the third longest ball we tested off the irons and it was only what 0. 0.3 miles an hour uh behind a much higher compression ball left ash
0: yeah and that's that's where kind of you, you need to that's that's why you don't just you know buy the ball that goes the farthest off the driver left dash i love that ball there are a lot of we know a lot of our readers who have tried it love it but for some guys that one's not going to spin enough off an iron and so maybe right. maybe you'll be a better suit suited for a chrome soft x which spins more off an iron or this z star diamond right so mm-hmm. yeah some just it's about trying to pair everything all kind of every shot you're going to hit and find the the one that i describe it as a process of elimination
1: right That. It's kind
0: of the one that's last not to work (laughs) in (laughs) some respects, but yeah.
1: Right. Right. And again, yeah, I mean, I like looking at the total distance. I like looking at the iron stuff. I really like the, you know, the observational part where we kind of point out um, what's higher trajectory, what's lower total trajectory. Obviously, you know, like one of the lower flying ones, Bridgestone two or BX, was also the second longest in that particular category. So, yeah when we talk you know. about
0: like you know our top picks and I say, hey, you know if I had three more slots, like right. the BX would have been on a lot of lists that's mm-hmm. why like mm-hmm. it was just yeah I mean there's I, I I can't say anything negative about it It was just really it's not not quite the one that would have been first to mind like I said if a buddy asked me, but I mean, yeah, solid performance,
1: yeah, and you're not gonna see the same separation like I said off the irons as you get down from irons, short irons into wedges. You know ball speed rankings. I think we went from about 118 miles an hour to 118.3 for maybe the top ten. Yeah, so I mean, three it's... tenths of a mile an hour separating ball speed. Again, that's not where you're going to see the separation. Really, that's not where you should be making a decision. That like, oh my gosh, yep, this one's 0.2 miles an hour faster off an eight iron.
0: Yeah, and this again for me is that idea of elimination of like, I don't, I, I don't necessarily think you should say hey i'm going to i'm going to choose an la golf over a TaylorMade made tp5 because it's 0. 0.3 miles an hour faster it's, it's making sure that those other variables come to mind but also mm-hmm. knowing like these are all comparably fast balls when you get down to the other end of this table then you start to see differences and so it's you know not so much about making sure you have the fastest ball in every possible scenario but right avoiding the slow ones they just don't need a slow golf ball
1: Yep, like I said, get all the performance you need without having to act. You know, sacrifice speed. Mid-swing speed results, Tony, again, of our set of nine here, a little bit of a different constellation. Again, we're talking mid-swing speed, so this is roughly 100 miles an hour with the driver, right? We were 115 with the driver before, and about 87 miles an hour with the 8-iron. Now we're backing it down a little bit, so we're going to say we're at 100 miles an hour with the driver, right? And then we are going to be down in the 77 mile per hour range with the eight iron right. swing speed. Yeah. So just any, uh, anything yeah, this, jump out to you there? Yeah.
0: So you've heard me say this before, right? One, one is a nominally two is a curiosity and three is a pattern. And right. so we are, we are into right. the curiosity phase where on the mid swing speed setting, we see left dash dip a little bit, right? Like it, it drops yeah. a little bit. So left dash was the one that didn't kind of make this list. We still, I still think uh-huh. in this crowd, right? Pro V1, Pro V1X, you're going to find guys that that do really well with it. Chrome Soft X again. I'm going to keep coming back to that one throughout the test. Z Star Diamond yep. here again. Right. Tor BXS, and now we start to see the Bridgestones. I, I mentioned this early on in the text, where I just think you know we our last test was the previous generation of these balls. Only uh-huh. you know handful of months out from the next generation, but yeah. it's really encouraging because, in my opinion, based on what we've seen in the data, these balls were significantly better. And yet, like RX got faster and firmer, so it's mm-hmm. it's more of you know more like a like a Maxfly Tour S kind yeah. of yeah thing. So yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, they're right yeah, here. And I but... know,
1: I know as much as you said this that there aren't bad golf balls, but as if I'm just taking notes here and going, hey. How many times is a ball ending up on kind of our recommended list? You know, if people are kind of looking through that, they're going, all right, well, good testing year for title. It's not not much of a surprise there. Hmm, this is Z-Star Diamond. That's kind of intriguing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and I would, I right, would point well, out to the,
1: the Vice Pro Soft, which is
0: another one that yeah. kind of tested good for us last time. It felt like for for where it was in the compression space, it, it mm-hmm. overperformed, I, I say kind of overperformed its compression. And so sure. we saw that again. So that's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's another one, not that I would say it's, it's a right, the right ball for me, but in terms of somebody no, looking but for a low spin kind of softer feel.
1: Yeah. I yeah. Guess. I mean, cause as much as, you know, and this is true, we tested 50 golf balls, which is a lot. There's obviously also a lot of overlap in terms mm-hmm. of performance. And so if we wanted to get really like draconian about it, we could probably eliminate 34 or 40 of those golf balls and still pretty much ideally fit, you know, the vast majority of golfers. So you could probably vote quite a few of those off the island. So you're seeing like, okay, if you actually did that, what balls, you know, uh, would be kept? Um, yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, this know.
0: kind of this mid swing speed space is like, because it is the the, the fattest part of the fattest part, mm-hmm. you feel like you, you mm-hmm. could, you and you start to understand like guys are like, well, I can't tell the difference between, and right. you can kind of understand like, yeah. yeah, if you can't tell the difference between a MaxFly tour, for example, and several others that are very similar to it, I get that. It's again, the differences, the biggest differences are, are going to be at the tails, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. Cause he, again, you see like, even on looking at total distance in, in mid area, right? Things that are popping up titles again, Chrome soft X. You know, like I would say, that one was a winner from this year. You know, definitely a step forward. Maxfly again, Tour X, Tour S. That franchise. This was a good year for testing for them. Z Star Diamond popped up far more often than I mean. That was a surprise to me, but great, great year for Strixon. And then you have to throw. Uh, yeah, there were there were there
0: one well. or one or two places where I, I almost got to Z Star in the top three. X V mm-hmm. didn't really pop for me anywhere, but they like mm-hmm. said. Diamond and again, a little bit kind of a niche offering with the with yeah. the flight and spin properties, but yeah, I don't, like I said, I, I really liked it. I, I found it really impressive throughout the test.
1: Yeah, ball speed rankings, bam, Max Flight, X, Left Dash, Z Star Diamond, um, PXG Extreme. PXG? That's another one that did, uh, like you said, did well in a lot of categories. Um, again, kind of just going through some of the spin. We saw that spin. Right, you got to find the spin that's right for you. It's not necessarily, hey, take the, you know, a lot of times fitters say, kind of take the the number on the iron, multiply it by a thousand. There's your target, right? So seven iron in that seven thousand range, okay, that's not the worst place to start, but that does not mean that everybody should be generating seven thousand RPM of backspin on their seven iron. Some, some we know
0: need... that, especially with all, with this. A lot of guys in that space who struggle to to get spin in general, playing the strong lofted irons and pairing them with a low compression slash low spin golf ball. Right. At some point you wonder like, oh, yeah, I get <laughs> I get the idea as well. The, the dynamic loft of the irons is going to kick in and they're going to launch it higher and they're going to get stopping power from the descent angles. But then you look at the rest of the data and go, yeah, you know what? These guys. They're not able to take advantage of the dynamic loft, so they're not hitting it high enough. It's right. still landing shallow, so we need to look at the golf ball to put some spin into this, especially if we're not going to weaken loss.
1: Yeah, and this is a total aside, but I cannot wait for the time when we can. And We've talked to some people about this too, right, about actually getting more on-course performance data about golf balls or whatever, mm-hmm. because I you know, use my dad as an example. So, yeah, that's great, I understand that you might be able to get him to an ideal launch and spin with a lower compression ball, like off a tee, off a mat, in a controlled environment. But this guy ain't hitting uh, 14 fairways around, not hitting, you know, not. So, so often it's coming off a very lie out of the rough, something where I need even more. Something that's going to take more spin, right? It's going to fly lower, it's going to spin less still. (laughs) So, I need to err on the side of maybe even more launch and spin than what might look ideal in a fitting anyway total aside there but let's go to some of the lower swing speed stuff here tony this is so again uh, we went from 100 i'm sorry 115 to 100 now we're down to 85 miles an hour swing speed on a driver which is a lot of people out there a tremendous number of people out there and we're you know what maybe 65 let me scroll down here 65 67 swing speed so we went from 87 77 67 so roughly down uh 10 a time what's jumping out yeah, to this you here one,
0: on? yeah yeah this one I I tried to integrate a little again allowing for my the rules I established earlier like I wasn't going to recommend something that was really slow but I was kind of thinking of like all right what would somebody in this group typically want and that that typically means soft to a degree and when again when you're looking for high spin you can't get there and so i went you know higher spinning balls obviously we've talked about z star diamond several times pro v1x always going to be on that list pxg Uh extreme because it does spin Uh and it's fast Um, and then we kind of you know uh, started getting some stuff in here the the max fly Torex, higher compression for sure maybe the highest of this lot but performed really well for this swing speed Kind of good good max of speed flight and spin properties callaway chrome soft you know if we are, start to go a little softer here la golf we've talked about this one just kind of surprising hard to justify the price but again from a performance perspective it works and then at that that low spin property that's where we can go a little bit softer so like i said max flight torres actually kind of a soft ish but the other two rxs and pro soft yeah uh, soft by everything other than duo and, and super soft standards in this test so yeah you know i think if you if you are willing either need the low spin or are willing to tolerate it yeah i mean and again max flight tour has kind of a little bit more spin there um, than uh-huh. maybe those others but still on the lower side
1: yeah and some repeat performers on there again diamond max fly Titleist. like you said pxg popping up there if you need the higher spin chrome soft once again, and like you said, if we'd extended this to maybe four or so, you would have seen Bridgestone on there, pr- probably quite uh, a bit more. Frequently yeah, I think, than, I think than you the did. excess yeah.
0: would have gone on there. Believe it or not, I think I would have gotten to Left Dash pretty quickly. Next in line, too. We know, like even uh-huh. at slow swing speed because of because of those low spin or rather the higher flying properties. Uh-huh. Like this uh-huh. group—it's it's more of a distance play for sure. But it's not—it's sure. not, it's not super low spin. We talk about it being low spin, but it's not like Chrome Soft low spin, right? No, it's still kind of a moderate, kind of a mid-flying, moderate spin, fast offering. So it can work here as well. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not
1: egregiously low spin. No, <laughs> yeah.
0: but again, I think when you you factor feel, you know, maybe the you get to the Tor BXS would be pretty close to next on the list. The Encore Elixir. Is mm-hmm. another one which you know was almost on the list numerous times. Mm-hmm. Vero okay. X2 less so, I would say. It was kind of an odd yeah, ball.
1: Not of a ball. Not as much. in it. and then just briefly here on the 35-yard wedge, like I said, the wedge portion of the test designed to replicate a green shot of roughly 35 yards. Okay, cool. Um didn't necessarily expect to see wild variations, you know, or our calibration balls fifty five hundred so fifty four eighty nine I think specifically we saw some closer to six thousand yeah it's on the high end so another five hundred RPM which
0: okay. yeah and I mean look I, I don't think you know necessarily needs to be said but prefaced of course with under the conditions tested which we under the conditions tested make note of in the uh, in this article. The T P five did not I wouldn't it's a niche performer that's how i would describe it right it's you know kind of that one's not going to
1: fit a ton of people spins a
0: lot yeah just and you know we could speculate as to why that is but sure if you're looking for something that that spins particularly around the green like that was one you know along Mm -hmm. with the inesis obviously pick these three Mm -hmm. but yeah i think i mean those are your best bets and obviously if you're going to be a guy who who wants a a ball from a bigger brand, something that's played on tour, like greenside spin and with those, those kind of qualifications, yeah. like yeah, TP5 is.
1: What do you think is like, when you talk greenside spin, what is enough spin so that you're not sacrificing performance? Or like I said, our calibration ball is a Pro V1, and that one is roughly 5,500. Can I go down to 5,300, 52 5,000? 5, I mean, like, where mean, I a lot I... of guys do.
0: It's just, it's a matter of right, how, how much in how you play the game, how much do you want to be able to sort of carry it to the target versus how much do you want to roll rely on roll and, and controlling that? And, right. You know, it, a lot of times you're probably talking about a foot or two. Uh, some of these is probably a couple, two, three yards. Um, but, but ultimately when you kind of extrapolate that, like, would you rather have a, a three foot putter or, or an eight foot putt? Like there, there are differences there. And so, all right. Right, uh, you know, i I prefer, me personally, I prefer to be able to, to fly it right to the flag because or as close as I can because that's kind of the known condition. Right, once you start rolling it, maybe there's some slope you didn't see or you know brakes mm-hmm. left, brakes right, more variables come into play. Yeah, like if I can, because here, right, you're not you're not worried. It's not to say it's not unimportant or it's never a factor, but you're not worrying about wind to the extent you would be sure. in, in other circumstances and things like that. So my preference yeah. is to fly it and try and stop it. But you know, if you're a, if you're, a, I don't care, I'm going to roll it. I'm going to get it on the green. I'm going to carry it one foot onto the green and let it roll as much as possible. Then, you know, it's a different answer for what's right for you.
1: Yeah. Well, this kind of, this is going to kind of go right into some of our FAQ stuff. And, I mean, the amount of data on, on this one particular article is it's a little mind-blowing in, in the sense that you can get lost in, I mean, these tableau charts and things that you have loaded in there, the graphics and the information. Um, I mean, I've been looking at this for, for weeks in an ancillary fashion, and I couldn't take it all in in, in one day. I'm continuing to kind of come back and then I get, have a question I'm like, ooh, what about this? Like, that's what I was looking at. I'm like, hey, I like to kind of, okay, how much side spin do I actually need if I filtered out you know anything below 5,000 would my ball still be in there you know those kind of things so it's an awful lot of information people are gonna ask this question and they should how do I take all this and actually use it like how do I take this information and I want to figure out what is the best ball for me I'm gonna go buy that ball I need to figure out okay this is here I'm gonna do it I'm gonna actually get a golf ball one golf ball, and I'm going to I'm going to make that commitment. All right, Tony. Great. Where the hell do I start? Like I mean, I'm I think, overwhelmed. What do I do?
0: I I say pick a baseline. Pick one of these balls in the test as your baseline because uh, okay. as we've said, right? Like everything is under the conditions tested. So even if you even if you swing exactly, if you swing exactly 100 miles an hour, it doesn't mean you're going to replicate the results because the way you deliver the club is going to produce higher launch, or lower launch, higher flight, lower flight, more spin, less spin, and ultimately that's going to change the total distance equation. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of this is relative, so you know if it doesn't matter who you are, right? If you go out with a Pro V1, I'm willing yep. to bet the Super Soft is going to, for an, as an example, spin less. So Establish right. a baseline ball. Okay, and we know.
1: So step one. Here we go.
0: Get establish baseline a info. baseline ball, and it can be you know if you want to start with a Chrome soft, that's fine. Doesn't matter. Anything right. on this list in theory can work for your baseline. Go out and see what that does, and ask, kind of observe, really kind of take note. Hey, how is this flying off the driver? Do I need it to fly higher, lower? Is this good where I am? Do I need it to spin more, or less? Is this, or am I good where I am? Kind of those those being your key variables. And again. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to give up distance, not too much, but kind of right. start there and say, Hey, all right, I started with a Chrome soft and I need a ball that spins a little bit more or a lot more. And so, Hey, we've got tables for your swing speed. And again, it's going to yep. be pretty consistent because really you're plus or minus the the launch monitors and manufacturing tolerances and a good bit of this. But yep. if, you know, if you know what the ball you're playing does or have a good idea of, of what you need to be, want it to do differently. Hey, all right. I want to start by looking at all the golf balls that fly lower than a Chrome soft. All right. Right. Now, which of those maybe has the spin that I want and which of those, which of the ones that are left is going to give me, is not going to cost me a measurable amount of ball speed. So that's, that's Uh kind of the approach that I would take based off this data. And then, you know, greenside spin may be a factor to think about. We'll have some other stuff that's going to be, I think, very eye opening on the wet dry stuff coming up. So, Yep.
1: Yeah. The other thing I would say is, you know, because I was talking about this, what we do, all this kind of information with the buddy. And I mean, that's what we were talking about was, OK, how would you figure out what what ball I should play? And, and I said, well, there's part of it that's unavoidable is you got to be willing to spend some time. It doesn't have to be, you know hours upon hours upon hours, but you need to be willing to spend some time and you need to be willing to get some data and some information because their question was a really good one, which was basically, hey, how do I know if I'm hitting my driver too high? It's a great question because if you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. So you may be sitting here going, yeah, I think I hit my driver plenty high. And I'm sitting here looking at you going, I've seen you know, a million people hit drivers or whatever, seeing a thousand fittings and I can tell you right now, you're not hitting it high enough. Okay, well, how much higher should I hit it? A degree? Two? Three? Well, depends, right? So getting some of that baseline information, and and I would shout out Ping on this, they have a great series of charts and information that are out there around both driver, you know, optimizing driver, and also like 7-iron, depending on how much stopping power, which is really descent angle more or less that you want to see on a, uh, on a particular shot. Those are all over the internet. We can maybe even post them on here. They're quick references. Yeah. Super easy to get to, but you got to start as much as like you're saying, start with the baseline, start with the ball, and then you got to figure out where do I need to go from here? Is it really too high? Okay. Well, yes, I'm playing this particular ball. And what I've been able to figure out is I'm hitting it too high with too much spin. Great. Now you can use all our information and say, okay, what has a lower overall trajectory and less spin, but it may be as much ball speed as this ball. Okay, here are the next two balls that I should try. And then we can have that conversation about actually testing once you get it down to, let's say, two, three, four balls that you think are all in a window for you that are all going to be good. And you're just trying to determine which is the best of the good bunch. Now we can kind of, you know, get to that, but you got to do some, got to do some legwork first. Absolutely. Last question for me, Tony, for you on this one is, can we use dispersion or how do I figure out if a certain ball is maybe more accurate than another golf ball.
0: Yeah. So we've, we've had something... a few questions about why we didn't include dispersion and this will be part. We've got at least two more posts planned that are kind of broad related to the test. And we'll look at dispersion in one of them, but it is, it is a little bit of a double-edged sword. Like you, you need to, to do a ball test the right way. You need to be outside. You need to see the full flight of the golf ball. Mm-hmm. And with that, now you're, you're kind of left in the position of, of trying to understand what, what, what is call it manufacturing or something with the golf ball and what was maybe a gust of wind. And so it, it takes kind of an analysis of, of dispersion patterns and patterns and seeing if, if a ball or two moved against the pattern. And also the other thing to keep in mind, yeah. eye, if, if it's just one ball that goes crazy, like it's not ideal, but that happens. Everybody makes a bad ball from time to time. It's, yeah, it's realistically perfect. unavoidable. So it, it's also, you know, when you look at, you know a shot area dispersion pattern and putting a number on it the size of that dispersion ellipse is influenced by like a single shot right you have one thing right. that goes wrong and maybe it's right. the ball maybe it's anomaly maybe maybe the maybe the driver made impact and caught like a dimple just right which can actually happen and, and cause it to sure. skew so um it's yeah. hard to put a concrete number on it confidently uh, but it's something we're going to look at. And moving beyond that, if you're you're kind of worried about straight ball flight in general, that's a pretty simple answer. More often than not, it's not universally true. But you know, when we talk about forgiveness with a driver, it's like, all right, how well does it retain ball speed on mishits right. and off center and, and things right. like that? It's not really applicable to a golf ball. Like the golf ball just receives the energy from the golf club. Like it right. doesn't know, it doesn't know that it's been a hit off center, right? It's just, Ooh, that be in, instead of delivering a call it right, we talk about COR and driver rules. Instead of uh-huh. delivering max COR, I only gave you 80% of what I'm capable. So what are you going it's effectively like taking a hundred mile an hour ball, uh, right. driver swing and cutting it right. down to 80 or 90 depending, right? That, right? That's effectively what an off center or hit is with a golf ball. So in terms of forgiveness, it's, it's more about straightness of flight. And that, that correlation is really with low spin. A low spin mm-hmm. golf ball is going to fly straighter off a driver. That's why, you know, Bridgestone talks about, for example, RxS being a more forgiving option in some cases. So if you're sure. looking, and this is where I say, like, we can talk about optimization, but sometimes you need something else. So if you need something mm-hmm. that flies straighter, if you're struggling with a slice and you're looking for the golf ball to be part of the solution, low spin can help with that. Sure. Just like my yeah. putting, right? We've talked about this <laughs> right. mental dwarfism with the putting. Right. Pattern on the golf ball <laughs> yeah. was has helped, yeah. and so you know we can talk about what is optimal for me. Titleist says it's left dash based on every other aspect of my game other than putting. I agree, but if I'm losing strokes on the green and I can solve that with a pattern on a golf ball, that can make sense, right? So sometimes you have okay. to overlook what's optimal. Mm-hmm. And, and find something that addresses the most desperate need in your game
1: yeah and little teaser down the road hopefully at some point this is something we've toyed around with a little bit in my mind because again i'm trying to keep it as simple for myself as possible to me accuracy if you will dispersion is invariably a function of how consistently that golf ball is manufactured so is it going to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Yeah, It, my it certainly mind,
0: helps with straight ball flight if the cores are centered and the layers it are It makes concentric. sense
1: to me yeah. that the, the you know, more likely that I, I'm getting the exact same ball on the next one as, as I did on this one, then again, I'm eliminating certain variables. So when we pair up some of these things with performance reporting like this and manufacturing consistency reporting like we have in Ball Lab, to me... You know, it almost answers both of those uh, questions, at least for me. And then, again, you test it out, you go from there. So that is a lot of us yapping at you. We know it. There's more we could get to. We could do this for another five hours, six hours, seven hours. And maybe we will, but not on this episode. We're going to come back with, like I said, we got more tests. We got wet versus dry stuff to do. We got Pro V1X or Pro V1, sorry, we got yellow versus the uh, standard white. There's going to be a million questions that come up out of this that we'll uh, do our best to answer. Um, some of the dumb questions, like the ones about descent angle, we may not answer those. Sorry, whoever told you there's no such thing as dumb questions, they eh? lied to you. There are dumb questions. But we will uh, be more than happy to answer the ones that bring Especially when they're value. not really
0: questions. They're just like,
1: <sighs> thinly." I don't know much about this. Therefore, mark. you're invalid. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. It's all good. But that is a lot. So my golf spy... Ball, lab, ball, test, all things golf balls. We'll link them in there. Golf Spy T, Golf Spy C. Find us on the interwebs. Let us know what we can do to help you. Until next week, no puts given. We out.